Hi, uh, welcome back to the Peace Podcast. My name is Lorelai and I am a staff writer here at Peace and I'm joined by a few other members. If you just want to introduce yourself, like say your name, um, where you're at with school, like if you're in college or anything, like what track you're on and just how you're feeling today. I guess I'll go. <laughs> um, I'm Caitlin. I'm a staff interviewer on the Peace Project. I uh, currently attend Orange County School of the Arts, um, and I'm doing okay today. Hi, I'm Janine uh, at Peace. I'm a screener and an editor, and right now I'm a senior in college, so I'll be graduating this June, hopefully, and my goal is to uh, apply to med school and then become a physician. Hi, my name is Emily. Um, I am a junior in college um, and I am a pre-law major. Um, and yeah, <laughs> um, at the Peace Project, I'm a media curator, so yeah. Um, I'm Alyssa. Uh, I think I'm probably the youngest. Um, I'm a junior in high school um, and I am a screener and ambassador for the Peace Project. Uh, I'm Annika. I am a freshman in college. I'm majoring in chemical engineering and I'm an ambassador at Peace Project. Also, I forgot to mention earlier that I am going into my second year of a conjoint degree in law, French, and media studies. So, yeah. Um, first of all, um, for anybody, like for any of our listeners that don't know what hustle culture is, which is what this podcast is all about. It's basically the obsession with constantly working and um, basically the concept is that the more busy you are, the harder you work, the more successful you are, which is a pretty toxic mindset to have. So we'll be talking about that and also its relation with um, academic pressure, especially being Asians and immigrants and how that plays into it. So yeah, um, I just wanted to first off ask, like, we're just going to be talking about expectations from our family and friends. So I wanted to know, like, are grades a big deal to your guys' like family and your friends? Yeah, grades are definitely, I think it's like, we don't explicitly say like, oh, you need to get A's, like you need to get the best grade you possibly can. But it's like, it's an, like a known expectation for me and my family to like work as hard as we can and to like show that we have put in that work by grades, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that I feel like a lot of Asian American kids can like relate to. Um, I can go next. Um, I think that particularly in high school, um, I think it was like the way that my parents measured sort of my academic excellence and like how good I was you know it was like a form of like them assessing like how much work I was putting into school and like how disciplined I was and so therefore like they cared a lot about grades in the sense of like oh like this is helping her become a better person or like helping her with her future success like I think they thought of it as that way so like when it came to my grades it was more of a measure of like my current ap aptitude and like how prepared I was. Yeah, um, I agree. My parents, my parents were pretty um, hard with academics, um, but mostly on me because I have an older brother and they don't really care about his grades as much, which I don't understand why, but they really care about mine because 
they want me to have a good future and everything. So they always get upset if I don't have um, good grades or, you know. Yeah, so with my family, uh, my parents used to be really tough on grades, but now they're not as much. But I feel like some of my like Asian American friends are can also be like really tough with because it's kind of like we're stacking up achievements to see who's like, oh, which one of us compared to the to the other families is like at the top. I also agree with what you said, Annika, because for uh, for my family, I know my parents weren't really like as strict with grades. It was more of like the environment that was created around me, more of like the school environment, because my high school was pretty small. And so I think like the each graduating class was only about 100 people. So everyone knew each other. And that school was kind of more of like, like a charter school, to put it in other words. And so everyone had like really good grades. And then it was just that environment that that was set. And then everyone would be like, oh, like I didn't get enough sleep last night because I was doing this and this. And then like, uh, like people were just trying to compare like who got the less, who got less sleep and who got like the best grades. And I think it was like my friends and that type of environment that led me to like push myself harder in like uh, whatever exams I was doing or whatever extracurriculars I was doing too. Yeah, that's pretty much the same for me as well. Like my parents were pretty chill with my grades. I think it's partly because they don't understand the New Zealand grading system as well. But like they just and because with New Zealand as well, I'm not sure. I feel like it's different for you guys in America, but I've heard that your grades like um, impact on what college you get into as well. But like here, you just need to like pass and you're into basically any university. It's just scholarships and stuff that depend on it. And like I feel like my friend group there at high school, they were, because most of them were Asian, and uh, there was, like, this thing called, I don't know if it's a thing for you guys, but, like, the Asian five, it's, like, taking, like, all of the sciences and the maths and everything like that, and I was, like, like, I'm not even, like, that much of a maths or science person, but I still took those subjects because I felt like I needed to, and it was so stupid, but yeah. I feel like that's something that a lot of, like, Americans can relate to because, like we don't have specific names for it, but there are the kids who take regular courses and then the kids who take AP courses in high school or um, IV. And so it's definitely like, you know, you know who who is in what and like who expects what of what, you know? So I feel like that's something. And I feel like a lot of Asian American kids are like expected to take AP courses. Um, I also wanted to just like relate to you like obviously like being from America it's very it's kind of different but also like quite similar Um, I personally went to a really like science and math like competitive high school and it was also predominantly Asian and everybody took all like the AP like science courses that were available and like for us it was also like there was competition to take even like higher level um, STEM electives that were offered at my high school so like people weren't even considering like like it was kind of like normal for people to take like AP Calc and AP Bio and stuff like that um, but like there were like special classes for like the really smart kids that like everyone was trying to get into which was insane. <laughs> oh my gosh that sounds like so much pressure. So I was just going to ask Lorelai, how is the New Zealand like education system like laid out? Is it like the 
it's kind of like a similar thing here in like the U.S. where you have like elementary school, so the first six years, and then middle school two years, and then like high school four years, and then college, or is it like something a bit different? Um, yeah, it's pretty similar in that sense. Like the amount of time we spend is the same. Like um, six years in primary, two years in intermediate. Um, five years in college or like our high school and then whatever years in university depending on your degree but um, in your like last three years of college um, there's this thing called NCEA and you have to like and you can either either just pass it or get it with like merit or excellence and like there's this pressure to like um, get it with excellence because that um, says that like you might get into a better program like for example um, I know some of my friends doing like first year health science like they had to get really good grades to even get into the course but for most other university subjects it's like as long as you've passed high school like you're in. Did your race ever impact like how people saw you and your intelligence like I feel like when I was growing up like I know that when I was younger there weren't a lot of Asian kids at my school and so people would automatically assume that I was really smart which like I wasn't like that smart or anything but I did like do like all right in my tests I guess so I guess that didn't really help but yeah did you ever feel like pressure to like live up to that image of like all Asians are smart all Asians are good at school that kind of thing? Uh, when I was younger in like elementary school um, there was actually a lot of Asians so there wasn't really a stereotype but when I got like older in like high school, um, it was mostly white students in my high school. So a lot of people didn't know that I was good at school, but they assumed that I was. So yeah, I felt like a lot of people would ask me for help, um, even if I didn't know them. But I mean, I was glad to help them, but yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to the same thing because I, Growing up, I was, I was definitely in more of like a white area. I mean, still now. And so a lot of people would just like automatically assume. I mean, like I was always like pretty okay at school, but kind of like knowing that they assume that I was going to be smart. And then when I don't do something, they're like, oh, we thought that you were like smart. So like, why didn't you do this right? Yeah. Um. Did any of those like expectations from, I guess, your friends and your family, like, did they ever shape your work ethic? Because I know that for me, like, I worked unnecessarily hard on subjects that I didn't even really like or need to be good at. Like, I knew that I was going into like a non-science subject in university. So I don't know why I was trying so hard to get really good grades in like physics and chemistry. But yeah, how about you guys? No, I totally relate to that. Um, I was just like never good at math. But I think being Asian, everyone just sort of assumes that you are. And so it was like also like a little bit internalized to like within my family, like my parents would also be like, it doesn't make sense that you're not good at math. Like you're Chinese, like we're good at math too. Like this is, this should be like a normal thing. So for me, it was also just like at home as well, like just amongst like my family and friends. Um, but in shaping my work ethic, yeah, like I would work extra hard on classes like math and science when in reality, like I already knew like the classes that I was interested in and like the course track that I wanted to pursue in college. Um, and so it definitely took a huge chunk of my time. Yeah, I agree too. Like I remember in high school, there's uh, AP like calculus BC and then AP calculus AB, I think. And 
uh, I think AB is the easier class and then BC is the harder class. And for some reason, I took the harder one. So I took AP Calc BC and I didn't have to because most of my like um, uh, my like half of my friend group took the easier class and then half of them took the harder class. And then I took the harder class and it wasn't like worth it at the end. So I really regret like not taking the easier class, but going uh, or in general, like it like that environment that I was like talking about earlier did like shape my work, uh, work ethic. So like, uh, as I was saying, like we would like compare our achievements to each other or like the, even like the classes that we were taking or like the scores that we got on like our AP exams too. Yeah, see for, for me, I always worked pretty hard at math and science, but like whenever we do projects or anything, I always like doing stuff that's like all artsy. So my like work ethic would like shoot through the roof once we did something like art related or like project where we'd have to do we'd have to make something and like everyone would just be like wow you're overachieving and I'm like no I really just wanted to do this even though that I didn't need to yeah um I feel like my environment it wasn't very competitive but like in certain classes like my math and science classes my teacher would always say like who got the top score for a test and um I got pretty good grades so every once in a while I would get like the top score and then when you don't get the top score everyone's like oh my gosh I thought you were so smart and like and it's yeah it was really stressful so I feel like my work ethic is like kind of like a perfectionist you know and yeah, I agree. I was definitely in like a friend group where like your grades like kind of like solidified your place in the friend group. Like I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but like all of us got like um, excellences, which is like the highest grade you can get in like most of our classes. And like we were the type of people to be like, if we got a grade anything lower than the highest grade, we would like feel pretty down about it, even though we'd still pass and like it didn't really matter in the end. And like I knew that because I do have like other, I was friends with other people who like weren't in that kind of mindset or like friend group as well. And like, if I ever complained about my grades, they would be like, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> like at least you passed, like that's all that matters. And yeah, like they're kind of right. Like I shouldn't have been like berating myself for getting like something like slightly lower. Okay. Um, kind of like tying into like the stigma between like taking STEM classes and arts classes um like what kind of like were you ever kind of told like what career you guys should get into or like what field you should pursue? I think I resonate with this like topic a lot because I attend an art school and a lot of the Asian kids at my school are like primarily in like the instrumental music piano area of my school or like the visual arts part of my school and I'm in the performing and theater arts part of my school so I'm like one of the only Asians in that area and I think it's really bizarre because every time like I go on campus the kids will be like oh so like what new like composition did you like learn or something like that and I'm just like oh I like I'm not in that area of the school and I think it's like like we definitely as a society need to work on like renormalizing like you know what Asian like what arts Asians do because it's definitely like something that I like battle with every day and I think it's so special that like the peace project like we're doing that we're like helping other people and other Asians to like 
you know, recreate this idea of what Asians can do? Um, yeah, I totally resonate with that. I didn't go to a performing arts school, but um, there was a really, really good performing arts program within my high school. And a lot of my Asian friends um, really enjoyed being a part of like, sort of like the techie art, like arts production part and not really the performing arts part. And even those who participated in the performing arts, like theater part, like didn't, con didn't see it as like a conceivable career. They saw it as kind of like a hobby. And I think that like, um, there's this culture around, you know, us having to go into specific careers, like to be a doctor or a lawyer or a mechanical engineer or like a software engineer or anything like that. And I think that like that sort of idea of what we can do needs to be expanded. Um, and that like has to start from like when we're younger. Cause I feel like as we grow older, obviously like we realize like, oh, like the pathways are not so limited for us. Like we're, we're, we don't have to be like one thing but when we're younger, I feel like that's like what we're kind of fed, which is like what makes us hesitate or makes us like doubt ourselves when we grow older. Uh, so for, for me, I'm definitely at more of an engineering like STEM based school. So like from when I was young, I had like no clue what I wanted to do. But then like, I feel like I was kind of like pushed towards the direction of STEM to the point where like, I was just like, while choosing what I wanted to do, I was just like, how about I go into a STEM into a STEM field? Yeah, so for me, um, it wasn't like directly like, oh, you need to like have a career in like the STEM field. It was more of like job stability. Like my parents were worried about or are like worried about like uh, if I'll have like a stable job in the future so that, you know, I could like eventually support myself. But then I feel like that also indirectly ties to like STEM because they usually have, I guess, like more of like, better or more stable jobs but for me uh I, I forgot who said that they brought up this I think it was Emily who said they brought up the um like we're yeah we're kind of pushed as uh like when we're really young we're kind of pushed to like have a certain like pathway for when we grow up and then we have a job and like as you said, like, oh, like some parents like want their kids to become like doctors or become lawyers. And then so expanding on that too, like um, that stereotype of like, oh, like you're Asian, so you must want to be like a lawyer or you must want to be a doctor. I feel like for me, since I, I, I'm on like that pre-med track, I, I wasn't like pushed by my parents. It was something that I really am passionate about and genuinely interested in. But when people like say, or like, say that stereotype or when I hear it around me it's like it just ties my um, race into it and basically like invalidates like my interests my passions so I feel like that's something that we also need to like consider too is just not tying like your race but also like as someone said I think like uh, uh, also like acknowledging like people's like passions and interests and what they're genuinely into. Yeah, um, I agree because my parents um, have always, they, they want me to do whatever I want. Honestly, they don't really care, but they, also, they always like say that they want me to have a job that pays well so that I can have a comfortable life. And then like when I'm older, I can take care of them and it will, you know, it'll all be nice. And um so yeah, I feel like that indirectly 
was like, oh, you should become a doctor. Um, and uh, adding on, like my majority of my family members, like my aunts and uncles, they're all in the medical field. So I feel like that also pushed me to go into the STEM fields. Um, but I honestly was also always interested in going into pre-med. So I really agree with Janine because a lot of people just think that, oh, you're Filipino or you're Asian, so you want to be in the medical field. But I feel like I've just been interested in that my whole life, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to bring up because like um, both of my parents work in STEM. So I like they, ne they never forced it, but they definitely encouraged it when they saw that I was like kind of interested in it. And like it wasn't until like my final year of taking sciences that I was like, I don't know if I genuinely like this or if I'm like being like influenced to like it since all of my friends did. And like, I think that's really important because like you shouldn't go into career unless you like feel passionate about it. And I knew that a lot of my friends did, but like I knew that I wasn't feeling the same type of way about it. Like I knew that I wanted to go into like more artsy and like more like literature based subjects. And yeah, I feel like that definitely influenced like what I ended up taking in college because I was like, okay, I can't waste my money on something that I'm not passionate about but yeah. I also want to point out like one thing too that Caitlin mentioned earlier like the the types of arts that Asian people go into like the um like that's a really good point to make because yeah I've noticed too that a lot of Asians go into like the instrumental like orchestral type music whereas like there's not as many in like the the theater like fine arts. Yeah, do you think it's probably why there's like not that much Asian representation in the media as well, like mainstream like movies and TV shows and stuff? I feel like we need to up that. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I think we're definitely like since Crazy Rich Asians. I think the Hollywood industry has already improved so much on like Asian representation and like accurate Asian representation because I also think that's like an issue in um like portraying us as like the exotic immigrant or fresh off the boat, even though like we're definitely American and I like don't see that on the screen at all. But um, I definitely think that like, you know, as time moves forward and progress is like happening, we're, we're making small strides towards a better future. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel like that's kind of true for like, almost every field as well like if you live in a western country as well because like for me with law I know there's only like a few um like high like high paid positions that, that has lots of Asians in it but like oh that wasn't the, the right way of explaining it but like at the top positions of firms like there's not a lot of Asians even though um like Asians and like immigrants in general are like they make up a very big part of the population in New Zealand. So like theoretically there should be more Asians like working to help Asians in the law field. And like, I don't know if it's the same with like other subjects, but yeah. I feel like that's kind of similar in America too. Like when you look at like the field of law in America as well, like there hasn't, you know, like for the most part been a lot of Asian, Asian representation in like the highest courts in the country and like in terms of like politicians and like 
all of all of that that demographic i feel like they're like asians do make up a, a substantial part of america and like it is a really prominent minority yet like the representation just isn't always there and i think like that also kind of correlates i guess like globally i feel like for the most part um in western countries yeah um i guess just um relating it back to hustle culture as well did you guys ever feel pressure to like um like uh, i guess you already touched on it but like the field that you chose had to be something that like would be paid well and that would make your family proud and like to give back to them because I feel like in Asian communities it's really important to like give back to your parents once you're like in a successful career or whatever did you guys like um did that ever shape like what you wanted to study and stuff like that um <laughs> I'm not really sure if it influenced my uh, what I want to go into but um my parents and my grandparents always told me that I should get, you know, a high paying job because when they're older, they won't have, they won't have the money so that I can take care of them. Uh, because um, not really in just Filipino culture, but like in Asian culture in general, you know, you usually take care of your elders when you're older. And um, they were always like, oh, yeah, you should get a lot of money and then you can buy me a house. And I was like, okay, I mean, so I feel like it kind of influenced me because, I mean, how am I going to buy a house if I'm not like a doctor or like, you know, something really high? Um, but yeah, I feel, I don't know. <laughs> I just want to ask if like how 2020 and like COVID and quarantine, like how that affected your work ethic and like, I guess how you were doing in school, like how is online school for you guys? I don't like online school from just my experience because um well relating back to like hustle culture too um in high school I would like work so much but then in college I eventually learned that I need like a day off like it isn't good for like my mental health my physical health I need to take like I would schedule in like study breaks and like a day off at least yeah at least one or two days off the week so that I could do like just relax and then kind of like um reset myself if that makes sense but um going back to like COVID in like 2020 I feel like on like the some professors are okay at like how much workload they give us but then some of my classes they like double the workload so let's say I have like a scheduled class from like Monday Wednesday Friday they would have us watch like a recorded kind of like pre-lecture on like Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then we would also still have to come to that Monday, Wednesday class. So it's kind of like double the workload. I totally relate <laughs> um, to that remote learning experience. Um, I like my professors also, I think that just being in largely liberal arts classes, like there is that like in-person discussion aspect that is just completely taken out by Zoom. Like obviously like you can do breakout rooms and um, you know, raise your hand in the Zoom chat, but it's just not the same, I guess, as like having an organic conversation in person with your professor and like with your classmates. Um, also, like, I think like there's just an aspect of like being able to schedule and like physically go to class that like kind of propels you to like work a little bit harder and like um, 
plan and follow like your plan as well I think that like self-discipline has been a huge challenge for like both me and like all of my friends so, like no matter how studious and hardworking we are um, and personally for like my university we didn't have any breaks the entire semester so we went like a straight five months of classes and I think everybody hated it so badly just because like burnout is such a thing and like I think that people don't really aren't really able to recognize it especially like if they're just if they're just working at home because like you're in bed in class and you don't really you can't really tell if it's burnout or not yeah I agree with Emily I feel like so I'm a senior in high school so I've been in the midst of college apps so that definitely, I mean, for all of you who are already in university or college, you already know what that experience is like, like without COVID, but with COVID, it's like, there's just so much more. I, I totally agree with like the self-discipline statement. Like, I feel like for a lot of Asians, we've been struggling on like trying to identify what that self-discipline for us is because before COVID, it you were able to see like a physical measurable impact, you know, attending classes, seeing that your teachers see that you are doing the work and um, seeing that your friends acknowledge that, oh yeah, they're putting in so much more work. Um, but like online, it's like, you don't really know because the teachers are on their own life schedule and they'll grade it when they want to. And you just have to sit there and wait. And, you know, for me, like for college apps, I feel like it was definitely like, I don't know. I like, don't know what's going to happen. I just kind of have to wait and like see, and like, hopefully my work ethic shows, but I don't know because everyone's in such an uncertain mindset. So yeah. Yeah, I, my experience, um, I actually, I'm still in high school, but um, this past school year, I transitioned so that I'm basically only taking college classes, and doing that online is really weird, because it, it's technically, like, my first year of college, but not really, and so the transition between, like, only having classes, I only had classes, like, twice a week and it was really crazy so I had all this like free time and I already am like a pretty bad procrastinator and with quarantine I feel like um my motivation was just really low so it took me like everything to like get up and like actually go to class and then to um to do my homework so yeah it was pretty stressful but yeah, I feel the exact same way. I feel like when I was in high school, I didn't know when to stop working. But once I hit college, I I literally like had just felt like burnt out after like a month, I think, or like two months. And I'm just like, I've never felt this before. What is this? And like, I think I had like a straight whole week where I was just like, I don't feel like doing any work. I don't feel like going to classes. And we also didn't have a break. And so... It was just a lot. We don't even have a break for this upcoming semester either. So we'll have to see. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Um, yeah, I definitely relate to like feeling a lot more burnt out because like um I'm quite introverted. So like after every Zoom call for like all my classes, I would get like so tired like I don't know why but it was just so much more exhausting than like being there in person because I feel like in person like I always had like my friends there like right by my side and like we would help each other out like a lot but like online you can't really like 
like you can't really whisper to your friend while the teacher's talking if you're on a zoom call you know and yeah and like um I was really fortunate because we came quite we came out of lockdown like quite early because I live in New Zealand and like we handled COVID like really well so like everything is back to normal now but like it definitely impacted like my work ethic like I thought because we were at home I should be doing more and more and more since like I have no excuse like there's nothing else distracting me or like taking time out of me but yeah that was so wrong like I got so burnt out and like um I also started university during lockdown um and so like um starting it without like people to like talk to about it because like um I think I don't know if this is like an Asian thing, but I have like struggles like with asking teachers for help and stuff. And so that was really hard because like I was so shy to like um, raise my hand up in class and everything like that. And so that definitely impacted like my first introduction into university. I feel the same thing too, because like when we were in in-person classes um, some professors would have like office hours so a bunch of students can just like drop in and then ask questions and then some students would also just even if they didn't have questions they would just stay and then listen to other students like ask their questions and the teacher would or the professor would kind of like explain more in detail and so I was one of those students who would just like drop in and listen because I also have that thing where I would be like too afraid to ask questions like raise my raise my hand and ask questions and then like transferring to or switching to online school like it's I feel like for me it's harder to ask questions just because it's not like that um, group environment where I'm just there and listening to others I actually have to like raise my hand and kind of like put myself out there when I have a question I totally agree oh okay (laughs) um like with professors office hours like they do them on zoom now like for like my professors but it's just so weird like to like be like in a one and one-on-one like zoom call with like one of your professors like I just I can't get over it I feel like there's something about like being like in their office and like just being able to like have a more conversational tone but then like you're both like at your in your own homes like on zoom and it's just like that like it's just like the weirdest environment ever like and I think like that also feeds into hustle culture in the sense that like you know, like, it's highly emphasized for people, like, within, like, in college, but also, like, in high school to get close with your teachers so that they can write you, like, letters of recommendation and, like, help you, like, further your career, and I think, like, that ability for students to get closer to their professors or teachers on, like, through remote learning is just, like, completely erased for the most part, and so, like, I know for a lot of my friends who are like applying to internships or looking for opportunities like job opportunities it's super difficult because they haven't been able to get close with their professors like within the last year of remote learning and like this was like the time for them to like really like form those relationships with um, their teachers so yeah. Um, I agree because with my professors I don't really have I don't really talk to them except unless we have like a zoom meeting and some of my classes don't even have zoom meetings so they have office hours but I'm too scared to go to their office hours so if I ever have a question I just like to email them because like you can take the time to like figure out what you're gonna say and it's a lot less stressful than like talking in person or yeah 
Yeah, that's what I do. I don't think I ever attended an office hour because I was just like, I don't want to have to talk to them directly. <laughs> so I always emailed them or like, uh, we we had a program where whenever you had like a question, like they'd give, like assign you questions. And if you had a question about it, then you can always like message them through like that program. So I always did that. And I I'm, I was just like, I cannot handle like being in a Zoom room because I don't even speak in class. And like, I'm too scared to actually like speak in front of people instead of just typing it out. Do your guys' professors like doing like the breakout rooms? Because sometimes it gets so awkward where like they'll break us into like these small groups and then everyone's cameras off and their mics are off and then no one wants to say something and then sometimes the, the professor will like go into several breakout rooms to see how we're doing and it's just no one says anything and it's so awkward yes oh my gosh i hate breakout rooms with a passion even though like theoretically they are like good and like make like an increasing like interactivity and stuff but like i just hate that so much and like it's the I think it's the thing with Zoom is like I just feel like everybody is listening to me when like I'm so used to like only like my friends hearing like my answers or my thoughts and stuff and like I never raised my hand up in class so like having like anything that I said like everybody like so clearly hearing what I'm saying I'm like oh my gosh do I sound stupid do I like like what am I even saying do I belong here that kind of thing oh my god I hate breakout rooms as well we, we would have problem sessions for like math and I don't think me and like the same three people were in the same breakout room since the very beginning and it took like three to four months of us just sitting in silence before we actually said something to each other and like we actually started having real conversations about like our tests and like how to do work and stuff and I'm like well it took this long yeah some of my professors like before remote learning and even into remote learning would like cold call us but like cold like they would just like pick someone random but it's the worst on zoom because when they call you on zoom <laughs> and your like video pops up everyone in the class like no matter how big like I could be in like a hundred person lecture or something and it's everyone's on zoom <laughs> and like it's just like an instant spotlight on you but like it's even worse because <laughs> it's like on zoom and like people are just staring at your face whereas like if you're in like a large lecture hall like no one really cares but like it's insane like I regret I regret it so badly <laughs> oh my gosh yeah when we were um like when we were transitioning back into like normal in-person lectures um like there would still be a couple of people on zoom right so they would have the zoom call up like up on the slideshow board whatever and like if you answered a question like uh, the entire like lecture theater would be able to see it and like your name and like if your video was on like your face and I was like I can't imagine like being like blown up across the big screen like that and with like the speakers on like hearing everything and like yeah that was terrifying for me but I guess we can transition into the next topic um Janine brought us up um, of how do we combat like the expectations to constantly work hard and like um, just like be good at school be good at whatever we're doing and like getting into a good job like that stuff like how do you look after yourself especially with quarantine like being so hard on us already yeah so that that was just something that I was like um, thinking about one day because I'm going back to like how transitioning into like remote learning and like 2020 
uh, at the beginning, I would like work so hard because I was like, oh, now I have all of this time to like work because I'm just at home all day. So I, I would like work, work, work. But then like a few weeks after that, I would just get so burnt out and then I would feel so like unmotivated. And that kind of happens like even now, but I learned that to like com combat that I would like schedule in like study breaks too and just take like a day off or like two days off or like even a week, honestly, like if you don't have a school just to like relax, do something you like. So what I've been doing is kind of like, um, I've been starting to like crochet like these little stuffed animals too. Yeah, and I got it, I got into like um, needle art. So like embroidering stuff and I've made like so much, so many things. But, um, and I also found that like, even with Zoom too, this is kind of like unrelated, but even with Zoom, I would get like headaches from just staring at the screen all day and my eyesight's already so bad. So I found that doing something like offline or not looking at a screen would help me like reset. I agree with Janine. I, I feel like this topic plays a lot with like the very embedded model minority myth and like how you know all of us are expected to work hard and and the whole hustle culture um i feel like i definitely like can relate to janine on like like oh we have so much time we should be doing things productive um and i for me like i also i feel like a lot of it played into like my mental health and i was like oh i need to take care of myself and not just like push myself until i like burn out so yeah, I definitely picked up hobbies as well. <laughs> and um, I started taking walks outside to like get fresh air, just to like, you know, take a moment to breathe and think about life and not just like always think in the future. And I feel like, I feel like that's a mantra of like 2021, like, oh, think like live in the now type of thing. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I definitely relate. Yeah, so yeah, like I have the mindset that like, even if I'm not working, I feel like I still need to be productive. And like, so I've had to like really switch around and like, that's when I started like, I doodle a lot or I've started like, I've done more bullet journaling. So then I'm doing something like productive, but without actually like, with still like doodling and like actually focusing on how it looks over like the, pro like the productivity of it. Yeah, um, I'm the same. Uh so I just got off of my winter break and I don't know why but the whole winter break I was stressing about like our, my next semester even though I had like so much time to prepare and I felt like whenever I wasn't doing anything I was being so unproductive and I felt really like um like ashamed of myself and so I went on this like whole like thing and was researching scholarships and so the whole winter break I was just working on like scholarship applications and then by the end of the winter break I realized that I hadn't done anything like nice and so um like the last week of my winter break I like tried to like do like less stressful things like I was just like reading for like like every day so yeah it really helped um I've gone really good at not being productive <laughs> and but like feeling but like feeling good about it I think like that's like so hard like to be able to just like completely relax and not worry about things I think like for me that has been like a combination of like journaling and like meditating and like spending time on myself and working on myself I feel like 
a huge part of like hustle culture like a side effect of it is like kind of neglecting yourself like at this like at the same time you want you're like sort of capitalizing and like building your self-worth based off of like your accomplishments but at the same time like you're neglecting like how you feel about yourself and like how you treat yourself and I think like a huge part of like quarantine for me was just like being comfortable with not being not always working all the time and like I mean like I feel like that it's really different for a lot of people like especially like when you're giving tips on it because like everybody's different and likes different things um but for me it was really just like working on like my everyday and like growing to like love my routines like my day-to-day things like looking forward to you know like doing my skincare or like taking the walk to like that one coffee shop you know like and like or like getting to a certain part in like a book like something really small and like sort of like congratulating yourself for that and I think that like I saw this quote recently that was like oh like if you're not moving forward it doesn't mean that like you're like getting left behind but and I I saw it on Instagram but I also saw like all these comments underneath the post being like what do you mean like this is false like like if you're not moving yeah you are getting left behind (laughs) like but I also just like think that like a huge component of like being able to like live in the now is just like be able to slow being able to slow down and I think I think like that is like the one essential core aspect of like being able to like enjoy appreciate hustle culture but also like live in like in the present and like live now Yes, I agree 100%. That's so important. Um, Like, yeah, I really struggled as well, Emily, like with the guilt of like, if I ever took a break or anything, which like was so stupid. Like, I can't be like, I was like 17, 18. Like, I can't expect myself to be constantly working. And like, like I should still be like feeling young, stuff like that. And like, um, for me, I'm like, like low-key a very creative person so like I'm taking time outside of school to like do things that were creative like I picked up Hershey as well um and like journaling and stuff like that like it's really important to me because like um there's stuff that like I know won't necessarily like propel me towards like a future career or anything but like I still really enjoy them and I think it's really important to have hobbies that like you won't monetize or anything and like I really enjoy writing as well and like getting to work with the peace project on that is like like it's really therapeutic because like I'm writing about stuff I'm passionate about but also like um it's still like productive in a sense that I'm like getting out there and like sharing my work with people and so that's been really uplifting and yeah like I think for me like one of my goals for 2021 was to like make more time for creativity because like um I'm taking like more papers this year in university and like I need to like look after myself with that as well and like especially with law like it's quite a demanding subject I think and so like I don't want to get caught up in that like I don't want to sacrifice my social life and like my just like self-care and everything like that for like for like some grades like that's not good I know since it's the new year everyone has their like new year resolutions and it's usually like oh I'm gonna like do this or do that but do you guys have any like self-care resolutions that you want to get into for 2021 like I feel like I guess a lot of Asian American like 
young girls can like relate to this, but I feel like, you know, our entire lives, we've been like set on one path that like hasn't been directly said, but you know, we just knew that it was the thing we were supposed to do. And so I, my resolution was always like, oh, work towards that path, like every year. And this year, I think with the help of quarantine and isolation and having so much time, like my resolution is self-care. <laughs> like, I just think like to take time to like figure out who I am, to like take care of my body and my health and my mind and to like find things that I'm like really passionate about is like super important. And like, I'm hoping that it'll really like you know, put me on a path that I want to be on. Um, and one that, you know, will still be able to be stable or financially like good, you know, so. Um, I'm like a really, I, or I used to be like a really meticulous, like New Year's resolutions person. Like I would sit down and like write a, like a really thorough list of resolutions and like have it like, like taped to my wall so that I like see them all the day, all the, all the day, all the time. Um, but like looking forward to like this year, there is one resolution that I wrote last year that I carried like with me as like that I carry with me as like my sort of sole resolution for the year. Um, I have it with me right now. So <laughs> I like literally read it to you. Um, so it's take care of your mind, feed it with beautiful things, forget the bad things and forgive the sad things. And I think that like that is such like an encompassing resolution in terms of like targeting self-care but also like being able to like look back and be like okay like even if I take care of myself like bad things or like sad things will happen but like being able to move past it I think like that's a huge part of like um being able to really appreciate your life <laughs> and so like that is something that like that's like my like major resolution for the year um and also like I think that like um when you're talking with people and when you're connecting with people like kind of like how we're doing like right now like regardless of like how old you are and like um where you're from um I think that being able to like give wisdom not saying that I'm like completely wise but like give wisdom like from like from like your perspective like something that you think may not necessarily be like oh like the most amazing thing might be super amazing to someone else and I think that like giving that reassurance is also like a huge res resolution for me. So just want to like spread good vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say that everything you just said was so beautiful. I'm just like in awe. Like I need to take that in. Like, wow. I forgot to say mine earlier after I asked the question, but okay. Yeah. Same, same thing. I agree. Like Emily, like everything you just said was like so perfect. It was like, like well written and like well worded. But I feel like that's how I feel about the people at Peace too, whereas like you guys may not think like, oh, I'm like the best right now, but I like adore like everyone there because they're all like, it just brings me like so much inspiration. And I'm so happy to be like working with like you all and like everyone at Peace too. But uh, coming back to like my New Year's like self-care resolution is that I feel like I tend to like doubt myself and this is bordering on like imposter syndrome too or after like I would have like a small accomplishment and I would be like I wouldn't feel like proud of it or just like feel confident about that so I guess this year I wanted to like work on that and like be more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah that's so important. Um, My resolution was more of like 
um it's a quote that I found on Instagram as well um it's by Brene Brown I believe um she says like if you don't want to burn out stop living like you're on fire and like that was so important to me because like I feel like last year I like I was doing so much and like at one given moment and like I always felt the pressure to be doing like a million things at once and like getting as much done as possible so that like even now I'm like taking two summer papers so that I can get my degree done faster which like is so unnecessary but I'm doing it anyways and like I need to just chill out and like I think what I said earlier about making more time for creativity as well like um and I want to get back into like more of my like hobbies that I had before university as well because um like for example I was a really big bookworm before I started college and then um like once like university readings and everything like that started like piling on top of each other I had like no time to like read out like for joy anymore and like I want to get back into that because like that really helps me like give a little bit of an escape stuff like that um I didn't really have a new year's resolution but um I feel like something that I have been trying to work on lately is just not caring what other people think because you know for the longest time like especially like when you're like younger you like you care about what everyone thinks of you and you want to fit in and everything um and so yeah I feel like that is one of my main things as well as learning how to actually relax and like not think about school or work because yeah I just wanted to add that like I think it's really important to remember that comparison is like the thief of joy like um like in relation to hustle culture especially like like even if I felt proud for doing like this one thing done and like this one accomplishment like I would always compare myself to the next person like yeah I got this done but like she did that she did that like all of that and I need to like I need to just like start being proud of myself and like celebrating the small victories instead of like comparing myself to everybody else because like everybody's at their own pace and like especially with hustle culture like everybody's going like so much faster than like they need to be and like it's really easy to see the side of people where they're just like really busy their calendars are full but like you need to remember that like everybody is like their own person as well and like they're probably going through the same things as you are like um like I guarantee you that like somebody with like a busy schedule isn't loving every second of it (laughs) like I think it's really romanticized um in the media and stuff but yeah I think it's really important to remember that like it's okay to not go at a million kilometers per per hour like it's not necessary and like you'll still get wherever you need to be in the end I think like in conjunction with hustle culture I think that like when we're talking about self-care and sort of like healing from sort of the effects of it, I think that there's also some sort of like internal competition like with yourself to like do the things that like other people do to um, decompress to like, like, like everyone decompresses in a different way and decelerates in a different way. And like, just because someone like reads and journals and like, does certain things to decompress doesn't mean it might necessarily work for you. And I think that like, that is something that really needs to be like sort of emphasized. I think that like a huge part of self-care is like finding what works for you. So like, I think like if anything, like adjacent to the message of like 
of course like hustle culture is kind of toxic and like you but like at the same time like self-care can be kind of toxic if you're not doing it for you but rather like for what you think it is so like you know just like relax like everything is gonna be okay like find like what you really really like and like compound on that I think like that's such a huge message yeah I definitely agree because I went through that like like that thing you were explaining where I, I was seeing a bunch of like yoga like meditation videos on my like Instagram feed or my social media feed and like I tried that and I was like forcing myself to do that but I was like I need to like stop this like this isn't for me so that's how I got into like I tried like a few other hobbies but then that's when I got into like crocheting and I found that that really like helped me and also like needle arts too so I definitely think that it's important that the self-care that you're doing is like for yourself and not for like anyone else too yes oh my gosh kind of unrelated but like during quarantine I feel like everybody was doing like at home workouts like Chloe Ting and like everything like that and like I tried it out and I was like what the heck I was so unfit and I felt like like I feel like I got out of it like feeling worse about myself because everybody it seemed like everybody else was like improving their body and like getting abs out of nowhere and I was like what the heck but yeah like I still had fun like baking and like doing everything else like just because I didn't get fit didn't mean that my quarantine was like unsuccessful or anything and like even that in itself like the idea of a quarantine being successful like that's so stupid like we're literally in a pandemic like you shouldn't be forcing yourself to like come out of it like a brand new person or anything like that. sweet I think we might end it there so um yeah thank you guys so much for joining me on this podcast and just uh, opening up about your experiences with academic pressure and hustle culture because I'm sure a lot of the audience can relate to it as well yeah thank you so much for listening and I hope everybody has a good day and a rest of and a good like rest of the year in general look after yourselves and yeah thank you bye Peace. Peace out. <laughs> 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 we tried. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys.